Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's the best preschool tip that you've given? The tip that I would give people most raising preschool kids is keep a twinkle in your heart. Keep a sense of humor. These stages will pass. They're okay. You're okay. Smile. It's okay. If that isn't a tip for life, I don't know what is. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Katie's Crib. I have been trying to get today's guest on for a long time, and she is busy. She is just so busy going in the homes of toddlers everywhere and helping children and parents on all sorts of things. I know her because she was Albie's toddler and me teacher. And she is literally a toddler whisperer. I have never met a woman like this who also makes mothers and fathers and caretakers and child specialists feel at ease at all times. And I really think you're all going to benefit from her vast amount of knowledge, but also just her person. Her name is Carol Provost. She's here to talk preschool, nursery school, transition to kindergarten tips, which I have got a lot of questions about that. Carol Provost has worked for over 40 years as an early childhood educator, parent support expert, and child development specialist. She has advised administrators over the years in cultivating play-based, developmentally appropriate curriculum for preschoolers. She has also spent countless hours training preschool teachers and considers good quality early childhood education as fundamental for a functional society. Carol has also provided in-home support for children struggling with a variety of issues, including separation anxiety, toileting difficulties, and delayed social skills. She is currently offering parental support via telephone or Zoom appointment and continues to offer in-home support for children and their families in the San Fernando Valley. Carol, I am like literally emotional that you are here today. Welcome to Katie's Crib. 
I am just so excited you're here. There is no one like you. You are one of a kind. I don't understand. She's the person, everyone listening, who like the toddlers are just like fighting to sit on her lap. (laughs) And I miss that. (laughs) I'm sure you do. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for taking the time. Can you first tell us, how did you get into the early childhood development field? I think it started with the fraught relationship I had with my own mother. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And I think I grew up, as I got older and started to think about it, I really didn't know if she really didn't have capacity and shouldn't have had children, or she didn't have help and support that might have helped. Because I was born in 1942. You look great, Carol. Thank you. (laughs) I'll be 81 in a couple of weeks. Oh my God, you look amazing. Thank you. But times were different then, and the advice was different then. Things like feed your child every four hours and not a minute before because they have to be on a schedule. I was born a four-pound baby, and four hours was too long to wait. So I was an upset infant, and she didn't have any skills or support to handle such a thing. And that continued through my whole life. And I, the family story was kind of, your sister was the easy one. But my sister also has stuff. It just was tough. So I always had an interest in it. When I went to school, I actually got both a bachelor's and a master's degree in theater. Then I got into child development. I kind of wasted my education. But the truth is, the master's in directing made me a better nursery school teacher because I knew what a set should look like. (laughs) (laughs) And you also know how to herd cats. Right. I knew what a room should look like. I knew what the hum of kids playing, when it worked and when it didn't, what the pace was like. So it wasn't a waste. And one of the first jobs, because in theater, your first jobs are not in theater. That's for sure. And so I got a job at the Children's Centers of Los Angeles and got very interested in what they were doing, from my point of view, wrong. I went back and took many classes of extra education from UCLA Extension. Uh and got my child development specialist authorization and never looked back. It became a passion to make things better for moms and kids. Carol, I'm telling you, I didn't even understand how important early childhood life and education and development, any of it really was until I started touring nursery schools, really. People thought I was overdoing it. I think I looked at like 16 nursery schools. But it wasn't because, in all honesty, because I wanted Albie to get into this or that or whatever. It was mostly because I was educating myself. I didn't know what my style was. I didn't know what kind of 
set, like you're speaking of, really spoke to me and my child, which was where we crossed paths. And I feel so, so lucky that we did. What do you tell moms that you're working with to do about tantrums? Let's say, let's start there. Tantrums are so much fun, aren't they? They're (laughs) triggering. They're difficult. First, I'm going to say to you, reframe it. Your child isn't giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. It's a very different way to look at it. They're overwhelmed. Their little brains are trying to do so much. They get sensory overload. They get exhausted from a day of trying to socialize. And where they feel safest is at home with you. And they melt. Yes. And so your job as a parent or a caretaker at school is to meet their chaos with your calm. So that means regulate yourself. I always liked, I read somewhere about the acronym STOP, like a stop sign. And it means stop, take a breath, observe, and then proceed. Oh, my. By the way, this works with adults. Yes. Yes, it does. I think when you realize what a superpower it is, look, I think mom's listening. I try very hard to meet a tantrum. I always think of, okay, if I yawn, he's going to yawn, right? If he yawns, I yawn. So if he's freaking out, then I'm going to freak out and it escalates his freak out, which escalates my freak out. And I've had enough tantrums to know if I can just stay as regulated as possible. For me, what I've noticed is it lessens the time of the whole ordeal. Look, I'm not perfect. There have totally been times where it's also felt wildly good to just lose my collective shit for a second. But and then I apologize because I really don't want to meet his tantrum like I am an irrational thinking adult. (laughs) But what you just said is very important. There's always room for repair. Your child is always going to wake up the next morning totally in love with you and wanting it to be better. So when everybody's calmed down, a sincere apology, I'm not proud of the way I handled that. I got too mad. I'm going to work on that. Teaches them strategies to do the same thing. That's exactly right. And we've had Dr. Dan Siegel on who, my parents actually did that. I don't think they knew what they were doing, but my Mm -hmm. dad was one of those guys who, if we got into something or please go to your room and think about what you've done type of thing as a teenager, I have such distinct memories of him coming to my room and then sitting on the end of my bed and us like talking about what had happened. And it always ended up with him in tears because he's sort of emotional and he would just be like, "Okay, do you feel good? I feel good. Let's have a hug. Let's say we're sorry. And I don't know if he knew what he was doing, but we have a wonderful relationship. And I feel like so much of that is because it wasn't perfect, but we were very good at letting things simmer, talking about them after apologizing and feeling repaired, which I do with my kids a lot. Exactly. It's the most important thing. It teaches them how to do the same thing that will help them to have healthy relationships going forward. And what do you think, I mean, this is such a hot button topic about discipline and, oh my goodness, like 
timeouts, grounding, obviously anything physical is a no-no, but anything in that world you could advise on? Absolutely. For think of discipline as teaching, not punishment. Discipline is a chance to teach somebody coping skills during a hard time. Timeouts, I really don't like. Because when a child needs you most is when they have melted down or are acting out. And when you isolate them with that, with the shame of that, it's not a way to regulate. It's a way to shut down and become depressed. You may think that's compliance, but there's a price to pay for that. If a child is acting out, they're telling you they need your super ego to sustain theirs till they can regain their ability to calm and proceed. And so what I like is time in. But again, what you have to do is regulate yourself so that you can handle it. You might have to take a minute. You might have to say to your child, I'm getting too mad. I'm too grumpy right now. I'm going to go to the bathroom or I'm going to go into my room for a minute and I'm going to calm down so that we can work this out. And then you do that and come back and say, today is a day when you don't seem to be able to keep your hands from hitting other kids. So come hold mine. And we're going to do Play-Doh together, or we're going to make a cake, or whatever it is, so they can work out some of that stuff. And in the process of doing that, you're letting the child know that you're here for them, that they seem to have lost their balance for a minute, emotional balance, and you're there to provide yours. So, you know, the same thing as we say all the time, put your oxygen mask on first. (laughs) Right. Stop with whatever the stop means. Stop. Exactly. Stop, take a breath, observe, and proceed. The observing, the observation is what's going on? Is he hungry? Is she tired? Did they get a bad night's sleep? Has school just been too long, too many transitions today? Maybe there's a, they're not going to tell you about it at the time of the melt or the acting out. They don't have access to cognitive abilities in those times. The chemicals in the brain that get downloaded, as Dan Siegel will tell you, makes it impossible for them to take in cognitive information. So don't try. Oh, I remember my marriage. I was like, our marriage is not going to survive this if he's trying to have a teachable moment in the midst of a meltdown. Like, I was like, please, this is not for him. This must be for you, Adam, my husband. This is, and this is a product of how your parents were drilling things of right and wrong into your head when you were freaking out. But I'm like, we can't, he's not able to right now. Right now is just about how do we regulate? Is that a time in for me? Because it most of the time is so that I can handle it. Once the calm has happened, like maybe we can hold hands or have a hug or have a cuddle or draw something. And then later, maybe another time, talk about it. I'm going to tell the story. 
This is what happened. You got so mad, you threw your plate on the floor, I got grumpy, and we both were mad. And then we got a hug, we calmed down, now we're reading stories, and everything's okay, because that's what families do. They make everything okay. Ah, oh, and let me tell you something. Carol's daughter, Alexis, is also a mom that I'm very close to, and she is wonderful. So I have firsthand experience. If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, man, like, I don't have the patience or the time to really do this. First of all, when you reframe your mind, it is very easy in my experience. And my son was not a piece of pie at all. He is not. And it's what I love most about him. But seeing Alexis as a full-grown adult who is Carol's daughter and seeing Alexis's daughter, Carol's grandkids, I'm like, they are wonderful, <laughs> fulfilled human beings. So I have firsthand knowledge, y'all, that, that this is working. <laughs> Except that I want you to know that's not what it looked like when Alexis was in preschool. <laughs> She was a highly spirited kid. I had absolutely no idea. I'm sure I made a million mistakes, some huge that I'll never forget. And somehow, for one thing, you know what helped repair so much of that? Being a grandparent. Because it's so different And I think for your kids that you made a lot of mistakes with when they see you repairing it through their children and by being there for their children in a different way, it goes back and repairs not only your own little child that didn't get maybe treated that way, but also for your children. It means that there's repair possible in life. And what I can say about Alexis is your spirited children may tax you to the core, but they're world changers. They will fight for justice. They will raise valued human beings. And that's what you want in what's become a very tough world. Oh, I love hearing this. I'm having this memory of coming into toddler class that you were facilitating. And I was so upset because Albie is a very spirited child. I just spent so many times of the three and four year old years, like heavily negotiating with a like a lawyer. I'm such a people pleaser. And I mean, he's literally my perfect opposite match, this child. (laughs) And he is not conflict averse. He is very stubborn and strong willed and opinionated and loves to negotiate and loud. And he hit a lot of children. And I was panicked. I was so panicked. And I came to you and I told you these things. You were so not worried. And that made me not worried. And it just, you were like, just very held space for exactly who he is. And I'll never forget it. I was so appreciative. And I think actually what you said was, you know, that there's things to, obviously, every parent has concerns, but even the kid parents, especially who have children who might be listening, who are very shy, who don't speak up for themselves or who are very slow to warm and things like that. Your child is who they are and you're always like terrified about giving them the tools they're going to need to get through it. Right. 
I actually worry a little bit more about the shutdown kids than I do about the spirited kids because they're going to take on the world and injustice and fight for their children in ways that in the end are going to serve them so well. But I think what helps a shy child is acceptance that they're observers. My son is very different from his sister, and he's also a wonderful human being of whom I'm immensely proud. But he always observed, and I used to say he didn't do anything until he thought he could look cool doing it. <laughs> so he was late to walk and he did a lot of I remember his little sister would go down the scary pole in the park when he still was afraid to do it there's a picture I have of them as very young children where he's bent over and looking worried and anxious and his little sister has got him by the hand and she's strutting down the beach and she's got him they're very close to this day, but that was a very different temperament. He needed much smaller corrections. And when I had Alexis, it was so different. I thought, you can't judge a parent for being a good or bad parent based on one child because they're going to get you <laughs> with the next one. <laughs> and that's what keeps you humble and keeps you honest. You don't know who you've got till you get to know them. And don't try and make a child an adult. I used to joke that my son, Zachary, was born at the age of 42 because he was very verbal before he moved, and he seemed to understand the world in a different way. But he had his own challenges, and socializing with kids was not easy. And if they got in his space, he got overwhelmed and acted out. And I thought it was a great gift to have two very different temperaments because it expanded my knowledge of children. Yes, and I think it's a good note for parents to be careful. I hear parents make narratives for their kids that I'm not sure are even 100% true yet. She's got a really, she's really sickly, like, disposition. She's sick all the time. She catches germs all the time. I just hear it, and I'm like, I don't know if that's good or bad. Just it is what it is. Maybe we shouldn't judge it. You're better off framing it by your own feeling. I get triggered by this behavior or that behavior rather than a character assessment because it may be a bad day. It may be a mood. It may be a phase. A phase. Good it's God, not the phases. something that tells the whole story. I'd like to, I think my favorite thing to say to parents is this is not the end of the story. This is the beginning of the story. This is so helpful, Carol. Everyone who's listening, everything is a phase. And Carol got me through one of the hardest. When Albie was really hitting a lot of children, I was up all night so upset because obviously I'm a people pleaser and I couldn't believe that I had the kid on the playground that was hitting other children. And I'm just apologizing to everyone and so scared no one's going to like me or my kid. And had to put on my big girl pants and learn how to anticipate, help him through that. Stay close. Put Stay your hand close. right there. I'm not going to let you hit, but I will help you. Tell me what you need. I want that toy. I'm going to help you wait. And this is how we can get it. When you get done with it, will you please give it to Albie? 
and then now I'm going to hold your hand and help you wait. You know, how many times have you seen moms at the park say things to their kids from the bench and the kids don't hear it, don't listen? When you speak, make sure that it has impact. It means follow through. It means Gotta be follow there. Through. You can't say things like play nice or use your words. If they could use their words at those times, they would. They generally have them. But they're at the moment that they're feeling threatened or fight or flight and that chemical kicks in, they just defend and they defend by hitting because they don't know what to do. That's when you move in and you help. I'm here. I gotcha. I can't tell you, like, the being on this other side of it, like, he's five and a half now, and the years I spent, I'm sticking close by, I'm going to be putting, I'm putting my hand up because I won't let you hit someone's body, what do you need, how can I help you, would you like this toy? For years I did this. It was exhausting, I'm not going to lie. However... I prepared my son for those years because now he's got a little sister. And let me tell you something. She hits him and he does not. He holds his hands by his side and he yells sometimes in her face like a big guttural scream. And he says, but I'm not hitting her because I'm not going to hit her. But I'm going to yell because I'm so frustrated that she just hit me. Good for him. And I'm like, yeah, I worked my ass off for this. That's right. And that's (laughs) the payoff. That's not, see, it wasn't the end of the story, Katie. Nope. (laughs) I worked my ass off and it literally pays itself back every day. And I tell him, remember how we taught you how to use your hands and how to treat other people's bodies? Now we're teaching this Vera. We're teaching this to your sister. It has been such a blessing. I can't tell you to have a leader like you and the advice like that to even know what to do. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. 
Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. What should parents look for in a nursery school, in your opinion? I have a bias, but what I think very clearly is that play is the work of children, and what children in preschool should be doing is playing because it's how they make sense of the world. It's how they work out things in their emotional life. It's how they make sense of medical trauma. It's how they make sense of divorce or travel or... Having a sibling uh, Yes, absolutely having a sibling. They have a whole bunch of years to be academic scholars, if that's their thing, or work with their hands and do something wonderful if it's not their thing. But there's only one time in life when play can be the priority and be supported. And when you look around and see how many adults can't play, you can guess what happened to them too early. There's no studies show that there is no advantage to introducing right and wrong academic work in the preschool years. A good play-based preschool will have all of the things that they need to get ready for learning. They'll have the shapes and the toys and the puzzles and the and things the colors that put and the, together yeah. that will sustain blocks, our preparation for math. Dress up corner is a preparation for life. The puzzles and manipulative toys are a preparation for reading and writing. They, their artists will come from being allowed to express themselves in all art media without a right way to do it. My advice would be look for a place where kids are happy, engaged themselves. In my work with children by going to their homes privately, I've observed a lot of schools Now, you have to remember, I taught at the same nursery school for over 40 years. I didn't visit a lot of schools. Right. And it's been eye-opening, and some of it has been very depressing in visiting a school where the emphasis was language immersion. I saw a lot of shut-down kids and kids whose bodies were, you could tell, aching to play. And if they said the wrong thing, they were told it was wrong and had to do it again. Maybe that's very important a few years from then. But in preschool, how many kids learn another language by having it be around them or having a nanny who speaks it or having parents who speak it? There's all kinds of ways to get there. But honor play in the preschool years would be my advice. I would like to honor play for like way longer. Right. So would I, but... 
then life kicks in. Oh. A lot of outdoor stuff, a lot of acceptance of different kinds of kids. How do they handle rambunctious children who maybe don't have perfect impulse control? Do you let them mess up and then correct them? Or do you take their hand and get ahead of it? How are the adults responding to children? How are they responding to the active wild child? How are they responding to the shy and introverted child? Everything is relationship-based. Are they willing to make relationships? I have seen amazing stuff in my, like, the all the tours I did. But like you said, like watching children who might have lots of sensory things Kids like my kid who was like, please don't sing happy birthday. You have to whisper it. I'm going to fly off the handle if I hear a car honk or a kid that might be slightly on the spectrum. There's a kid that Albie grew up with that Carol knows, and she was so shy. And one of those kids that took months of crying of over the separation of her mom. And thank God the teachers were trained to be able to attach themselves to her. And now she has blossomed like a flower, like none I've seen. I can't even remember that shy girl. Not to say that she's misperformer or anything, but it's thank God she was in a place that honored and met her where she exactly was and just held her hand and helped her through that. Remember that this is the first time preschool, they're in community without mom and dad. It has to be a safe place. It has to be a place that accepts who they are. And that's the other thing I want to say, building on that, is make sure the separation process is gentle. Be wary of a school that says, oh, drop them off the first day, they'll cry and they'll get over it. No, that's not what happens. They may stop crying, but that means they shut down. That doesn't mean they resolved it. You want to look at separation in the face. Say goodbye to your mommy. If you're sad, I'll help you. Wow. That's why I'm here. I'm going to help you. That's how you make a relationship with this kid. You're not afraid of their hardest feelings. You're not afraid of their sad. You're never going to say, don't cry. You're going to say, your feelings are safe with me. I'm going to help you. I'm here. Speaking of that same topic, for those listening who might be on the precipice of a big transition, whether it's me starting nursery school or for me starting kindergarten, which I honestly think is going to be way harder for me than my son, (laughs) Um, any advice on preparing how we can lovingly prepare our children for this once we have made the choice of where they will be going to school? What advice do you have for parents on that next journey? One of the things I know about the school where your kids go is that they will help you with that. They start preparing a few months before. They start identifying the graduates. They start talking about what the changes are going to be. One of the techniques that I love to use, Katie, with preschool kids is to make books. You take plain white paper, you staple them together, you make stick figure drawings, and you talk about what's going to happen. There's a wonderful printed book called Will I Have a Friend? I don't know this book. 
Writing it on my list. I don't know the author offhand, but it's easily Googled and ordered. I think it's about preschool, but it's perfect also for kindergarten because the change is, am I going to be safe there? Am I going to have a friend there? Is it going to be different? First of all, allow the sad feelings about leaving the school they're going to. And then reassure them that you're going to be with them at the beginning, that it's going to be hard and that they will be okay. Because look how well they did in nursery school. They're going to have the skills. They're going to make friends. It may feel uncomfortable for a while, but it's going to be fine. And we're going to help you at home because that's what families do. We help each other. Will I Have a Friend by Miriam Cohen and Lillian Hovan. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful book. And I am getting that immediately. I think my biggest thing, selfishly asking, I feel that our nursery school has completely prepared him socially. He's like just great with conflict and with other people and groups. Thank heavens. However, I'm really curious to see because the drop off is going to be very different. It's like lines. But when they begin, are you there at all for yes. a day? Yeah. Yeah. I walk him into I walk him to his classroom door with all the parents and he has a bunch of play dates leading up to it with other kids in his class where he's met the principal and We've actually, I've cheated a little bit and I keep hanging out with other kids who I know who go there and have gone with their mothers to pick them up, like with Albie. <laughs> so he's been on campus a Perfect. bunch of times. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm like, let's just have it be. And he's pumped. Like he's completely excited. But he says, I'm two things at once. He says, I'm excited and I'm nervous. I love that. You know, that's there used to be a book that I used to read to the kids when I taught nursery school called Double Dip Feelings. And that's another great one. You can hold two feelings at the same time. I'm a little bit scared and a little bit excited. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with a limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. 
Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. I was thinking, I mean, we're talking about the transition into preschool, transition into kindergarten. What about other transitions like mommy's got to go back to work or has a big job or someone's going away? How do you help parents with those kinds of transitions? For preschool children, I tell them maybe a week before not months before because they can't handle it. But a week before, that's when making a book is comes in really handy. Pictures of an airplane, pictures of a destination, always end the book with a reunion. Then mommy's done and mommy comes back. Or we go away, we come back. That old preschool book, you go away, you come back, ends with now we're taking a big trip, we will come back. And so your own book follows that theme of reunion. What's the name of that book? I don't even know. You go away, you come back. They have it at the school, many copies, I think. So you can either get it or you can borrow it. We made it. Adam, of course, my husband's so good at tech, but when he booked a job in Budapest last year, And I was so scared because he'd be back and forth for like eight months. And we made this book where we printed out like what his hotel looked like and on a plane and what Hungarian food looked like. And then daddy comes home and then we're going to go to Budapest. And then it was like pictures of what Albie would be doing in Budapest. That's exactly right. That's how you prepare. And there's always a reunion at the end. And then for the person at home, if they're staying at home while you go, It's helpful to cross out the calendar, cross out every single day, how many more sleeps. And sometimes with preschool, FaceTime really helps, and sometimes it makes it harder. And it's hard to know if you can take the potential tears in FaceTime. It's probably helpful for your kids to see you, to hear that you miss them, and that you will be home soon. As the kid's dad, my grandchildren's dad travels a lot, and that kind of thing really helps. Strangely enough, I've heard so many people say mothers feel horribly guilty about those things, and dads don't, generally. That's how it is in my house. Yeah, and but it's often a male thing. Work is important to them, and it's probably has in some ways equal importance for whatever reason. And moms are always torn that they're doing a terrible thing. And they're not. It's what they do. You're modeling for your kids how to have a fulfilled and creative life. And as long as you have people sustaining them that you trust and that they feel comfortable with, they're going to be fine. I made a mistake once when my kids were little for all kinds of reasons that I won't get into. And I took a trip with my husband that was way too long to leave. Alexis was 21 months old. Probably took me eh, maybe 20 years to repair that one. (laughs) 
Carol, oh no. And I wouldn't make that decision today, given what I now know. But I was fallible. I was vulnerable. It seemed important at the time. Who knows? My in-laws took care of them. They were okay. But that look when I got back of, who are you? It wasn't, it was 30 days. It was way too long for a 21-month-old to not check in. And remember, they didn't have all the technology back then, so I couldn't do FaceTime and all that stuff. Anyway, if you tell, ask Alexis now, she'll probably tell you that we've repaired that. (laughs) But she'll also tell you how hard it was. And I have to be willing to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's great. Okay. This is what I think is coming down the pipe selfishly for me. Kids playing doctors with friends, self-exploring their bodies. What the hell is about to happen to my life and how do I get through it? That's a very normal and natural part of development. There's a reason that nursery schools have co-ed bathrooms so kids can see each other, identify each other, enjoy looking at other genitalia and figuring out what it is. When they are touching each other and figuring that stuff out, they're exploring in a natural way. Our society freaks out and makes it something else. Here we have a hypersexualized society that shows all these images, and yet when kids do what in a tribe in ancient times would have been natural, they then we can't understand it and we freak out. So you can say, don't make it wrong, but if you're uncomfortable with it, you can't, don't put, th- first of all, you tell them, don't put things inside your body because it's not safe and it could hurt you, but don't make them wrong for being curious and for being interested. You can say, yep, vaginas are great to look at, yeah, but they're right. private. Right. If a kid is touching themselves in the, uh, the out, the, out in the household, you can say, I can see that that feels really good. And it's also private. So go in your room and enjoy it. Love and then this. come back out. It's not a, an outside thing. It's not a family thing, but it's enjoyable and it feels good and you can do it in your room. That's so great. I There's a girl in our school who did that a lot. It was really interesting to see and really cool to watch like her not be shamed for that. It was obviously like a stress relieving thing. She was fiddling around. And after a little bit, you know, they were like, okay, well, you can do that when you get home in your room. But it was really interesting to watch them not make her feel like she was in trouble or that it was bad. Very important. Very important. Because we do all kinds of things to stimulate kids just in billboards and pictures and all kinds of things. And then we make them wrong for exploring their own bodies. We don't have to do that. But we can also teach them to be socially acceptable. What do we, what do you do for like kids with sensory stuff, which I never even knew was a thing growing up. I'd never heard of it. It's, it's more and more of a thing as there are more and more neurodivergent kids are being identified 
And some kids who aren't necessarily neurodivergent also have sensory issues. Fortunately, there's a wonderful thing called OT. And OT can emphasize sensory integration. So if you think it's a real problem, if your child is consistently overwhelmed with sensory issues, clothes are uncomfortable, the tags on shirts bother them, they have to have socks a certain way, or they don't think about adding OT to your schedule, because it's, I've seen it be incredibly helpful to children, and they're bursting at the seams, these clinics. That's what Alexis does now, so I'm familiar. They've never been so many kids. I think some of it may be anxiety from the pandemic. I don't even know, but there's a tremendous amount of it. So there's things that you can do to address that. And again, it's something that they will learn to manage. So what I say to parents is, if your kids need a little help in this area, I don't know a human being in this world that gets through this journey of life without help somewhere along the way. I went to OT. I needed help because I couldn't take one more hair washing of my son. I He wouldn't, if you try to shampoo his hair or brush his hair or give him a haircut, you have to wash your kid's head a couple times a week. It's like I was pushing and I'm a Virgo who loves cleanliness. And if you wash his hair, brush his hair, it's like you're killing him with a fork in the eyeball. It is a horrible experience for me. And I was like, I got to talk to somebody who can help me. I mean, there's going to be a lot more hair washing in our future and I can't do this. Did again. they help you? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I got these awesome head massager things that coached him through touch in his head in a way that he felt okay. We were very communicative. He was much like, it was such so much about self-autonomy, like learning how to wash his own hair, what was good. And also you then reminding him, remember, you. I know you don't like this. It's necessary to do it. Remember your strategies. What helps you? What do you like? What don't you like? Where would you like? I'm going to tell you when I'm going to pour water over your head so you can close your eyes. Or do you want to pour it yourself? Get a little pitcher and let him do it himself. It was wild watching his sister in the tub with him because she's couldn't give a shit. Like she's looking at him having and she's like, what's happening? And that's when I was like, oh, this seems extra. This is something is, this is not. He's more this. sensorily yeah. sensitive. And I knew he had noise, sound stuff. And anyway, it OT was great. I love that piece of advice. I can't recommend it enough. I think it's wonderful. What's the best preschool tip that you've received? To honor the play of children as important work. And don't interrupt it unless it's absolutely necessary. Do what you can to support it and sustain it. What's the best preschool tip that you've given? The tip that I would give people most raising preschool kids is keep a twinkle in your heart. Keep a sense of humor. These stages will pass. They're okay. You're okay. Smile. It's okay. If that isn't a tip for life, I don't know what is. That's how I feel about it. 
What remains undone that you've wanted to get done for years when it comes to educating preschool children? There'll always be children and parents who are struggling. The work will never be done (laughs) to keep doing it till I no longer walk on this earth. This question terrifies me because, God willing, I'm your age and I get to ask myself this. Looking back at raising your own kids, what would you do the same and what would you change other than that 30-day trip when Alexa? That's for sure. Remember that. I wish, I guess that old saying, you can't know what you know till you know it. I, I didn't know the things I know now. I learned so much from the nursery school when my own children went there the same school our kids are going to, that I made it my life's work to continue that work. I definitely wish I had known a lot of that stuff earlier. I think I would have been a much better mom. So I get to be a better grandma and my kids get to see it. And that's important too. Ah, I love that. What is, did you even have a registry when you were pregnant? Was that a thing? It was not a thing for me, but I was recently living in California. I didn't really have, I was away from family. I didn't have a whole support system then about kids. I didn't, but but I've seen it through the years as my grandkids are born. And the best thing that I can imagine giving children is books, 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 books. And I just wrote down three from this podcast that I don't know. Thanks to Carol. You need to give me a list. What advice would you like to give to children in general as they get closer to nursery school and kindergarten age? That mommy will stay with them that they until they are comfortable that it might be hard and it might they might have all kinds of feelings and it's all going to be okay because you're going to pick a nursery school <laughs> hopefully with teachers that will make them feel safe and make them feel okay and normalize that it's absolutely normal to feel anxious and also another tip would be don't tell them the end of the story before they begin In other words, don't emphasize, soon I will leave you there. Say, we're going to start school. I'm going to be there. Yeah, It'll be okay. Yeah, that's really good. Don't play the end at the beginning. Right. Okay, we always ask our guests this question. Finish this sentence. Parenthood is? The most humbling experience (laughs) you will ever have. You can be great at your career and this will bring you to your knees. It is so humbling. It's a road. And parenting is so hard, but it is so rewarding if you can get yourself back up from falling down on your knees. Over it's and all over about and over again. getting back up. It's all about that. And you're learning. You say to your kids, we're learning how to be a family of four. We didn't know. We were a family of three. Now we're a family of four. I'm learning how to be a mom. I'm doing the best I can. I'm learning. This was so helpful. I know all of our listeners are just like shouting from the rooftops and have such practical 
tips, advice, and thoughts that they can take with them from today. Thank you. Can I give you my email in case people want to get in touch? Please tell us. All right. It's all lowercase. Provost, P-R-O-V-O-S-T-C-B at Gmail. Provost, C-B, all lowercase, at gmail.com. I'm so grateful for the time, and I couldn't have had a better guest with my children just entering and exiting my closet as much as they are. (laughs) That means a lot. At this point in my life, I look back, and that's what means so much to have made a difference in in one life means to have succeeded. Oh my goodness, Carol. I think and hear you in my head daily. Daily and all of the phrases that you've said, even on this podcast, I hear you daily and I'm so grateful to you. Thank you, Katie. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I want to hear from you. Let's chat. Questions, comments, concerns? Let me know. You can always find me at Katie's Crib at Shondaland.com. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay. Dear listener, experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education selection and value like diamonds direct your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at diamonds direct won't last long details at diamondsdirect.com you wouldn't expect to hear that we're america's third best city for beer like this one or home to vibes like this and this it might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like whoa and hmm. not to mention we have one of the top zoos in the country So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.